Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him Turn your Bibles, if you would, please. We're going to the book of Acts and chapter number 21. And I think Brother Tuhig read the text here for us and started reading in Acts 21, verses 1, and going down through verse 17. Man's advice versus God's voice is my sermon subject. We all need advice from time to time. And there's the voice of God. Um... The Lord called me to preach. I preached my first sermon when I was 15 years old. When I was 18 years old, um, I wanted to leave home, go to Evansville, Indiana, and enroll at the Tri-State Baptist Bible College in Evansville, Indiana. I had some friends who gave me much encouragement and all that, but I had others who advised me don't do that. Had one man in particular that I could remember that really advised me, don't go to school, they'll ruin you. You won't be the preacher that you are. They'll, they'll ruin you. And uh, but anyway, I did not take his advice. I went on to school. I felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to do. I felt within myself, I knew that God had called me to preach. I also knew I didn't know anything. I needed to be taught. If I'm going to preach... I need to know something about what I'm talking about. I need to be taught. And uh, I look back at it and I, I know I made the right decision by going ahead and going on to school. I had the privilege of sitting at the feet of some good men. I sat at the feet of T.P. Simmons 
all the way through his book, The Systematic Study of Bible Doctrine. That was good for me. I also sat at the feet of Z.E. Clark. Z.E. Clark was a faithful man of God. He taught me for four years. I thank God for the privilege to have sat at the feet of C.E. Clark. Plus several others that were taught various classes, but these two men in particular were two of them uh, two of the men that taught me an awful lot. The man that God used to really ground me in the truth was T.B. Freeman. Um, I learned so much from Brother T.B. Freeman. When I got to school and then I was taught some of those same things that Brother Freeman had taught me already. It was such a good thing to have people that cared enough for me to be patient with me and teaching me and encouraging me. One of the main encouragers that I ever had in my life was T.B. Freeman, my father-in-law. Going to be at the Lord now. But Brother Freeman encouraged me in the very early part of my ministry. He encouraged me so much uh, in uh, uh, preaching and being a pastor. Helping me. Not trying to boss me and telling me what to do but just encouraging me in what I was doing, and so on. I really appreciate so much the men that God put in my life in the early part of my ministry in helping me to be able to kind of stand up and get my uh, equilibrium, I suppose, to be able to, to stand uh, to do what God had called me to do. Now, a major issue in every Christian uh, life is uh, knowing what to do, knowing what God's will is. I had a man come to me one time. Uh, asking me about God's will for his life. And I told him, I said, I can't tell you what God's will is for your life. He said, if somebody would just tell me to do this or to do that, I would do that. And he said, and he said to me, he said, Doug, could you tell me what should I do? Brother, I don't know. I can't tell you what to do. 
you had to depend upon the Spirit of God to show you what you should do. Now, it's a must to genuine happiness and best of all, God wants us in His will. You want to be in the will of God. It's very easy to let other voices to muffle and to confuse the voice of God. God may be leading you in a certain direction, but then you pay too much attention to someone else and you get confused about what what you should be doing. Um, when this happens, it's difficult to know where God's voice stops and where man's advice starts. You want to do what God wants. You listen to man, weigh it, but you want to do what God says. Paul had this to contend with as he set his feet toward Jerusalem against the advice of others. And through his experience, we learned some guidelines how to add applies to us today. My first point is this. We can get conflicting advice concerning God's will. We can get conflicting advice concerning God's will. When we walk by faith and not by sight, we must wait upon God for peace within. We're walking by faith. We're wanting to do what God wants us to do. And uh, sometimes we rely on the counsel of a friend as to what to do. Many have been the times I've had someone to come to me and asking me what they should do. And I really don't know. I really don't know. The only thing I do is pray for them. The Lord will show them what to do. Um, I had a brother in particular I mentioned a moment ago. Came in and asked me what to do. I said, brother, I don't know. You have to talk to the Lord. And Moses is an example of this. At the age of 80, he stood before the burning bush and God told him to go to Egypt to deliver his people. And Moses' response was, Who am I that I should go? Who am I that I should go? Now what made him ask that question? Well, Moses remembered back 40 years when he murdered and an Egyptian and tried to cover it up. And over the years he lived with the memory of that. Well, what a memory. 
the advice from his conscience told him that he was not able to do the job that God had asked him to do. <clears throat> then there's the advice from others. An illustration of this would be Nehemiah when he went to build the wall around Jerusalem. He had prayed for four months and he waited patiently and God opened up the door and within two weeks of his arrival people were saying in essence you're doing this out of false pretense building this wall your motives are wrong you aren't doing what you ought to be doing <laughs> many have been the times of people doing what they felt like was the will of God but then they got criticism from others along this particular line counsel from others can be frightening. Be careful about the advice that you give to other people. Advice from tradition and logic. One case of this occurred when God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was in the heart of Gentile culture. And Jonah, of course, being a Jew, he felt he had no business whatsoever in Nineveh. So he fought it and he ran from God. Of course, we know the story there. You need not fight against God. God calls you to do something, you might as well yield to it because you're going. You're going whether you want to go or not. Uh, uh, when the Lord calls you, you're going. Uh, now that I want to notice next, must be my second point, differing opinions concerning Paul's future. And next, Acts chapter 21 Paul had made a decision regarding his future. He was going to Jerusalem no matter what. He had to deliver the money that he had collected for the poor Christians in need who lived there. And from the perspective of some, his going to Jerusalem was a bad mistake. But from others, he proved his courage and devotion to God. Paul himself, in Acts 20 verse 16, had determined to sail to Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. For hasted if it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. Paul was convinced he should go to Jerusalem uh, 
he had called the elders of the church at Ephesus to meet him uh, at Miletus because he was in a hurry you see, to get to Jerusalem. And then in verse number 4 we find that the disciples at Tyre for four days the Christians there in this seaport told Paul not to set foot in Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. A prophet named Agabus verses 7 through 11 just seemed to come from out of nowhere he showed up from Judea and before this this prophet spoke in verse number 11 he took Paul's girdle and he's got Paul's belt and bound his own hands and feet and said thus saith the Holy Ghost so shall the Jews of Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And Paul's mind remained unchanged, still going to Jerusalem. Dr. Luke and others in verse number 12 we find that Dr. Luke who's the writer here in the book of Acts was also convinced along with the others traveling companions um, Philip and four virgin prophetesses and Agabus the prophet and Paul that Paul should not or rather that Paul yeah that she should not go to Jerusalem now this is an overwhelming situation for Paul he stood alone in this crowd we don't read of one person who encouraged him in what he was doing he's going to Jerusalem everybody's against it but he felt like the Lord was calling him that he should go to Jerusalem Paul realized that by his life, his life or his death, he had to do what he believed was the right thing to do in going to Jerusalem. Do that which is right. That's not always an easy thing to do. Doing that which is right. Others may not agree with you, and they didn't agree with Paul. They were saying, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. 
But it's felt the Spirit of God leading him to go. That one time in my life was a major move in my life. When I was 18 years old, my mother and my father and my church encouraged me in going to Evansville, Indiana to go to school. That was a big encouragement. But then I had, on the other hand, I had some others that were friends. Maybe they were saved, maybe they were not. I don't know. Who encouraged me, do not go to school. It's not a matter, don't go to Evansville. The thing that they were opposed to, going to school. They didn't believe it was a thing for a man to do. If you're going to, if you're going to go, to, if you're going to preach, don't go to school. Just stand and start preaching. Well, I guess I had already preached enough that I knew that my continuing on, like I was going, without some help, without some teaching. It was going nowhere. I knew that if God has called me to preach, I need to, I need to learn. I need to study. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Don't just get up and try to speak without studying. You need to study. Pick up the Bible. Read the Scriptures. Maybe make some notes. But you get up and you try to do it on your own, just off your cuff. It won't be long. It won't be long. It'll show up the fact you haven't studied. You don't know what you're talking about. You need to study. I don't care if you're speaking to a A morning worship assembly, or if you're teaching as a small Sunday school class with just two or three students, you need to study. You need to study. Prepare yourself to teach what you're going to be teaching. In order to teach something, you got to know what you're talking about. Study what you're going to be teaching and that's what every preacher Sunday school teacher whoever's going to be trying to speak to others we need to study to know what we're talking about otherwise we make ourselves look plum foolish because we don't know what we're talking about and uh, then we face the time that we wish that we did studies to show ourselves approved. Now I want you to notice the principles concerning the advice of others. There's a lot that we can learn about biblical counsel 
and advice. We all face times when we need the advice of other people. And at times we're in a position to give some advice to others. But we need to learn In doing this, we, we, we need to know what we're talking about. If I'm going to give you some advice, I need to know what I'm talking about in giving you that advice. Many have been the times that I've had people to come to me and ask me for advice. Sometimes, I don't even have to study at all. I mean, I already know what to tell them. Like for instance, let me give you a simple one. This has not happened one time. It's happened several times through the years. I've had someone come to me and let me know they want to join the church, they want to become a member of the church. And they want to know, can I become a member? My answer to that is, yes, you can become a member. But first, are you saved? Have you been saved? Well, what's that? I don't know, though. You can't become a member. You're not even saved yet. Well, you got to try to lead them to the Lord. Do whatever you can. Sometimes their baptism's not correct. A lot of things, there are things that need to be taken care of. We need to, in, in, in advising somebody about, like for instance, church membership or whatever, and helping them, they want to do the right thing. But sometimes they, don't, they do not know enough to know what all to do. Like for instance, where they haven't even been saved yet. Uh, and then there's people who see, sometimes they see someone getting baptized, and so here they come and here they say, hey, I want to be baptized too. Can I be baptized? Well, yes, you can. But you have to be saved first. We don't baptize people to your saved. But they don't even know the Lord. They're not ready for it. And so, uh, giving them uh, advice. Uh, we like to see church members come. We like to see people getting baptized. But you got to do things in their proper order. You don't get baptized until you get saved. And you do not become a church member until you've been baptized. You've got to put them in their proper order. And uh, what I'm speaking now, most of you all know that. You know that, but this 
just we live with that sort of thing. But others who come in new among us, they've not been taught that. They don't know that. They don't understand that. And so uh, they're ready. They're ready to become a member of the church. But they don't understand the fact you got to get saved first. You got to be baptized before you become a member of the church. Well, they have to. Be, it takes time in teaching them, and uh, and it's a joy to have new ones come and have them to listen to the message and they learn. Oh, it's amazing how fast they learn. Especially when the Spirit of God is driving it home to their heart anyway and bringing them to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I could no more save somebody than I could save myself. But the Spirit of God takes the preaching of the Word of God and applies it to the heart of the lost person and brings that lost person the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly what happened in your life. You who are saved, which I know I'm speaking to most of you, that uh, you have been saved, and it was the Spirit of God that brought you to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You were lost and on your way to hell. The Spirit of God arrested you and brought you to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, oh, it's a wonderful thing. I've told you so many times about when I got saved and I told mom and dad that night, I said the most wonderful thing happened to me tonight. I got saved. And it was. It was a wonderful thing that happened to me that night. And not only was it a wonderful thing that happened to me that night, but it was a wonderful thing that happened in our home because the next Sunday we were in church. It wasn't a Baptist church, but it was church. <laughs> but uh, my dad, uh, oh, I thank the Lord for my dad. Uh, um, my dad had listened to Brother T.B. Freeman on the radio. And... Uh, he heard Brother Freeman preaching some things that Daddy, well, it got his attention. And uh, so he looked up to find out where Brother Freeman was the pastor and started going to his church. And of course, I started going there and that's where I met my wife Betty. And uh, I thank God for the truth of the Word of God that we learn from Brother T.B. Freeman. He's gone to be with the Lord, but we were not the only ones. God used T.B. Freeman in teaching many people the truths of the Word of God. Many preachers who got their feet first established in the ministry under the ministry of Brother T.B. Freeman. Now, 
If you seek advice, be discerning. First, you've got to ask advice before the decision is made. Second, it's important to take out some time to use Weigh the facts. Don't go roughshod. And third, it's mandatory to go to the right people for advice. Christians have no business seeking counsel which is not based upon, upon biblical standards. Correct. Christians have no business seeking advice from the unsaved. And then I want you to notice, folks, it's essential that you talk to the right person, one who is respected and able to give the kind of advice that you need. If you give advice, be wise. First, learn to listen and talk little. Someone who is respected is able to give you advice. <clears throat> you want to listen to them. And then I want you to notice you force yourself into the other person's situation and try to look at things from God's perspective. Then give counsel based upon principles that are found in the Word of God. What may be good advice for you may not be good advice for me. My situation may be altogether different from yours. Like for instance... I consider myself an older man. But some things that may be fit for some younger people wouldn't fit for me at all. Because I'm an older person. Uh, another one is I'm a man. I'm not a woman. You could advise Ramona about some things that would be good for her because she's a woman. Not for me. I'm a man. Um, the main thing is in giving advice, you do not give advice to a Christian like you give to an unsafe person. An unsafe person needs altogether different kind of advice than what the Christian does. The believer already knows the Lord. The unbeliever doesn't know the Lord at all. He needs to get saved. Think about this for us. May God help us to live right and do right ourselves. May God keep us out of sin. Help us to love the Lord. Be faithful to the Lord. And folks, let me tell you something. We're coming to the close of the end of the year. 
But I hope it'll be so that some of you maybe have already in 2023, you've already read the Bible from Genesis all the way through Revelation in this year. I have not. By the grace of God, David, on December the 31st, I will have finished the Bible. And if that has not been so for you for this year, I hope that you make it begin to think about it now and very seriously consider in this next year, just just around the corner, was it next week? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Start new year. In 2024, read the scriptures through from cover to cover. And you can do it by the grace of God. I know you can. I didn't used to do it. But now for the last number of years, I read the Bible through once every year. And it's easy. Very easy. It's about three chapters maybe three and a half chapters a day and it puts you through the scriptures i encourage you to do it if you if you haven't already done it some of you you do it every year i encourage you keep it up keep it up let's all stand we'll be dismissed david dismisses you our most kind of gracious almighty heavenly father father we thank you Lord, I thank you for being with my church family this time of fellowship and, and worshiping with them. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a better recipient to the Holy Spirit so that we can easily recognize and easily avoid our Adamic nature. Lord, be with us this day. Lead us and guide us. Bring us back again at the next appointed hour. We ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.